Hey there, it's Charlie O'Shields returning with another episode of Sketching Stuff. In my part of the world, this time of year means the start of autumn, and I am incredibly thrilled. I adore this season most of all and find it so incredibly inspiring. I always have the best ideas this time of year. Perhaps this is because it's one of the few times in the year that I slow down as I finish my current projects and wait for the new year to go crazy all over again inventing new ones. This is the time of year where the days get shorter here, but the nights get incredibly cozy. It's this kind of magical, candlelit environment that makes me stop and give thanks for all of the wonderful things that have happened in my life. If you're listening to me now, then you're part of that joy. I wasn't sure if anyone at all would show up and listen to me tell my stories. So the fact that you did means so much to me. Thank you. I truly appreciate you being here with me now. And I truly hope you'll enjoy this next little set of stories inspired by Sketching Autumn. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. My favorite weather. When I once had a prompt of favorite weather, it was pretty easy to choose since my favorite weather was coming up next and occurs in mid-autumn. I didn't have much time to paint that day, so it was a super quick 15-minute sketch of some fall leaves. I love it when the leaves begin to burst into amazing colors against a deep blue sky, and I also love the chill in the air that blows away the humid heat of summer. That first day when I have to reach for a jacket in order to go outside is a fabulous transition. It means hot cocoa won't be far behind, the fireplace will get some use again, and snuggles will return. Despite the colder temperatures, it just feels like a time of year that's about enjoying time at home with the people you love. The days get a bit shorter to be sure, but it's also a time to nest and relax a bit more. And best of all, it leads right into my favorite holiday season and so very soon, my inner child will be thrilled beyond belief, awaiting the arrival of Santa Claus and presents under the tree. As a kid, this time of year meant going back to school. As a rather geeky kid, I loved going back to school in fall and got really excited to pick out my school supplies for the year. There was that list of required items, of course, but I always got to pick a special pencil or notebook as well. I remember one year I got a pen that glowed in the dark. Obviously, the schools themselves are rather brightly lit, so my glowing pen wasn't quite as impressive as I hoped it would be. But just knowing that it possessed a little bit of magic was enough to make me happy. And it was a pen that was unique to me, or at least the only of its kind in my little classroom, so that was enough to make it special. My little doodles in the margins of my notebook that year seemed to be way cooler, even though it was just normal ink inside. I think this is how I still feel today with art supplies that I buy. A particular pen or brush holds more than its technical features. There's sometimes a strong bond that's impossible to justify, but I just know it's my favorite. I have a limited edition Lamy pin I bought in Paris that I have tucked away and haven't even used yet. It was just so shiny green and lovely sitting there in the window of the shop. I had to take it home with me. 
the two pens I use most are the ones that Philippe bought for me, as they just seem a bit more special somehow. My little silver Lamy pen was a Christmas gift and goes with me everywhere, even though I rarely have time to sketch, except when I'm at home. It's just a comforting companion. As we head into another fall and holiday season, I'm not quite sure yet what I'll ask for this year. I, of course, have everything I need, but that's not the point. As the cool breeze arrives, it brings with it the permission to want just a little bit more. And in the end, that's why this has always been my favorite weather. An apple a day. Apples, of course, can be enjoyed any time of year, but here they're always a lovely sign of autumn. Groceries will move them to the front of the store, featuring them in their awesomeness next to piles of squash. One of my favorite apple treats as a kid were caramel apples. The sweet and awesome taste was amazing, assuming biting into one didn't remove a tooth. As I grew older, apple pie became my favorite apple offering. As much as this dessert is supposed to be about featuring apples, it's really the crust that makes or breaks it for me. And last but not least is the delectable drink known as apple cider. Here in the States, cider isn't typically an alcoholic drink as it is in most parts of the world. It's just an oddly cloudy, unfiltered, and unsweetened version of apple juice. When Philippe came here from Paris, he was suitably confused to why such a drink was packaged as cider. It's just apple juice, he'd say. And I would have to feebly explain why, no, it's extra special. It didn't really work, as I have a list of memories that go along with this drink to artificially enhance its flavor that he did not. Sometimes things are only special because of the memories that come with them. Each year when I was a kid, and still today, a local cider mill would release their cider, and I would insist my mother get it for us. It didn't take much prodding, as she enjoyed it as well. What seemed like a perfectly magical flavor was mostly because it was just made of apples. No weird chemicals or sweeteners to screw up the naturally amazing flavor. Just pressed apple goodness. I loved it. I actually never tried the alcoholic version until I visited Paris for the first time. I didn't mind it, but it was like a beer that was too sweet and lacked something entirely. Perhaps just the memories. And often, if I'm going to bother with the calories of something like that, I'd prefer to get a higher bit of alcohol in the process, so I just stick with wine. And when it comes to apples, I far prefer them in their natural form. As I'm typing this, Philippe just sliced one and offered me a slice. Hold on a moment. Yep, that's still one of my favorite ways to eat an apple. Once again, I've typed away without knowing what or even if there's actually a point I'm attempting to make. I guess in the end, it's that when it comes to food, the experience you have while eating it is one of the most important ingredients. It's the one that has the potential to take any meal and make it perfectly phenomenal. I've just had a bit of toasted cauliflower and some pasta with a dessert of apple slices. Philippe is spinning tunes on Spotify and currently regaling me with a soundtrack to the movie Bridesmaid, a soundtrack full of memories from my youth that makes me smile. 
Wilson Phillips is blaring on insistently about how you need to hold on for one more day and things will go your way. A college anthem for me as I was digging in my couch cushions looking for loose change. So many memories bouncing into one another and yet ending with just a slice of one of my favorite fruits and perfectly transforming what I thought it meant to enjoy an apple a day. Sweater weather. I'm a total fan of autumn, and as the temperatures get cooler and cooler, it means we're heading into sweater season soon. Here we have a doodle wash of our hairy little only child, Phineas, sporting his cozy fall fashion. I should clarify for those just tuning in for the first time that Phineas is actually our dog. He actually seems to enjoy his fashion, or at least appreciative of the extra warmth when the temperatures drop. Walking outside in the middle of winter is a bit of a cruel joke for this short-haired baby, so his ensemble expands to also include a coat and sometimes even boots. But for my part, I just love it when it's time to wear clothing that's designed to hide all of my indiscretions. With Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up next, baggy sweaters arrive just in time to be the perfect companion to seasonal, gluttony, and generally poor choices. As much as I love the baggy sweater concept, much to my dismay, I now realize all of the sweaters I bought in Paris are nothing of the sort. They are the type of sweaters that fit more snugly, hugging your body and telegraphing your exact shape. Apparently, Europeans failed to get the American memo that a baggy sweater is the proper fashion for winter hibernation. But based on my recent purchasing decisions, I've removed my ability to cheat my way through winter and will have to be vigilant when it comes to what I eat. That said, you can rest assured I'll be throwing all of this aside come Thanksgiving and eating whatever is in sight, and then some. That's my American tradition, and I'm rather fond of it, so I'll be celebrating in the same style in November, napping shortly after. Phineas is lucky, actually. When he came back home from an extended stay at his pet resort while we were visiting Paris, he was just a tiny bit chunky. We immediately adjusted his food, and within a week he was back to his normal size. I was immediately jealous. I guess only dogs and the rich have the wonderful good fortune of someone deciding what they eat at all times so they don't overindulge. I'm stuck with only me, and me likes to eat wonderful things and not fuss too much about the amount. But my severe lack of baggy sweaters for this winter season will mean a slight change in plans. As Phineas likes to say, it's a small price to pay for fashion. Actually, being a Basenji, he doesn't say anything at all, but I know in my heart that he's thinking it. And together, we'll be healthy and happy, eating just what we need in order to strut our stuff properly all through the coming sweater weather. Those last few flowers. 
When it comes to flowers where I live, there are many that exist in spring and summer, and as fall hits, far fewer appear. The flowers I chose today are commonly called Black-Eyed Susan, though my attempts to Google it failed to reveal who Susan actually was, which still creates a bit of intrigue. It was, at most, derived from a British poem, but the original owner of the name, Susan, is still a mystery. I love these flowers, mostly because they're perfectly wild and can be seen dotting the edges of highways and pretty much anywhere they decide to plant themselves. And though their season ends in September, you can still spot them until the first freeze, which hasn't happened here yet. They proudly carry on, waiting for that first signal that their time is well and truly done until spring arrives once more. I love that level of determination, so I've always found them inspiring. Sketching flowers is not really my usual fare, but I've never sketched a batch of only these particular flowers, so I figured this was as good of time as any to spotlight them a bit. Here the weather is currently fighting with itself today. Today was perfectly cool and undoubtedly fall, yet yesterday was 20 degrees warmer and tomorrow will be 20 degrees warmer as well. After that, the forecasts say that over the next couple of weeks the temperatures will dip and sway at will, still never quite producing that first freeze. So each black-eyed Susan who is waiting out there will have a few more weeks of life yet. I still remember once when it snowed in October here, so anything is possible really. For my part, I'm ready for it to just be autumn and bring on that chill in the air. It's already impossibly dark now when I used to be watching the sun set while finishing a post. This evening is lovely as Philippe sits next to me watching his antique show in French and I'm finishing up my little doodle wash post for the night. Without the glare of daylight, the evening turns a bit more cozy. Soon we'll be heading into the holiday season and everything will be literally glowing around me. I adore this time of year. It creates moments where smiles are simply mandatory. And in all of my crazy rushing about and trying new things, this is the one time of year I find myself truly pausing a bit more. This time of year creates moments that I simply don't want to miss. Tiny and sometimes perfectly silly moments that happen when you're left without the sun and must make up your own way to light up the evening. Whether with candles or simply a sly and joyous spirit together, Philippe and I can create a glow of warmth and happiness that propels us into the new year. Life just seems to slow down a bit this time of year. Each new day becomes a bit like a fairy tale and certainly has a moral to reveal, but all in due time. There's no good reason to rush through it, but instead a wonderful excuse to stop and savor each and every loving moment. This is precisely why I love this time of year most. It connects me more than ever to my past and sets the stage for what I hope will be a wonderful future. At least that's what I'd like to believe as I pause for just a quiet moment and enjoy those last few flowers. Apple bobbing. 
In the first few months when I very first started painting, I was on a quest to make doodle washes of subjects I'd never tried. So I chose a couple of my favorite fruits, apples and pears. I had less than 30 minutes to complete it, so I kept getting impatient waiting for layers to dry and bounce from fruit to fruit hoping for the best. The pear was tough for me and seemed to require a ton of colors including azo yellow, gamboge, thalocyanine green, sap green, ultramarine blue, pyrrole red, and neutral tint. The funny thing about choosing the doodle wash before the story is that I have to stare at the end result and see what memories it jogs. Philippe looked at this one and said, that looks great, so I guess you must have a story about fruit? I just stared at him and said, um, of course. Uh, meanwhile, in my head, I said, crap, crap, crap. So next, I'll do what I always do and just start typing and see what comes out. I mean, who doesn't have a great apple or pear story, right? Okay, I admit it, I haven't heard many. I must have one somewhere in my dusty memory, but the only thing that suddenly springs to mind is my age-old fear of apple bobbing. I used to hate bobbing for apples as a kid, having only been forced to try it once or twice and never attempted it again as an adult. For anyone who doesn't know what this game consists of, you basically are disallowed the use of your arms, sometimes they're actually tied behind your back, while you shove your face in a barrel of apples floating in water, desperately trying to grab one in your teeth like a wild animal. It's often a game played at Halloween parties, and I used to dread it as a kid in grade school. I was a bit of an awkward child, on the chubby side, and too smart for my own good. I would watch in horror as my fellow students would shove their whole head in what was essentially a communal bowl of food. It grossed me out and seemed like the most unsanitary thing on the planet. I had no idea where these kids had been, and to risk drowning by shoving my face into a watery mess of food they'd licked at and attempted to gnaw on repulsed me. I told my teacher I didn't want to do it, and she immediately launched into her teacher-mother voice and told me it was fun, I should give it a try. Not to be dissuaded, I asked her if we would be eating off the same lunch tray later without the use of our hands. Her face suddenly recoiled and she said, ew, that's gross. When I asked her to explain the difference between the two, she feebly said, Charlie, they're just apples. I was blissfully excused from this barbaric ritual that day and every day moving forward, but they did seem to be having fun. Those other kids, laughing and screaming and happily shoving their faces into that barrel. Perhaps I was missing out on something more than just a sinus infection. I guess I'll never know. Instead, I'll just sit quietly at a table and consume my apple and pear while I practice the even older tradition of eating with one's hands. Autumn Leaves on a Rainy Day A doodle wash prompt of cloudy once made me think of all the recent rainy days that we'd had here this autumn. For all of the past three days, there was absolutely no sign of the sun, which only managed to reappear today. In spring, when this happens, I find myself demanding the sun in my head, but in fall, I rather adore these extended rainy days. With no sun to fight for attention, the leaves that fall on the ground are slightly more saturated and beautiful. Pops of lovely color peek out to transform an otherwise gloomy and bluish afternoon. These glowing leaves swept to the earth a bit too early by the storms are a brilliantly colorful and beautiful sight. 
With a light from above that's perfectly diffused, shadows stay close to each object, and everything around is cast into a brilliant harmony. This is the type of environment that photographers refer to as cloudy bright, and as it turns out, a perfect time to photograph the colors of autumn. For me, these rainy days are nature's form of watercolor, a lovely show of glistening color that reminds me the sun isn't always the brightest star in the sky. As a kid, puddles and leaves after a rain were perfectly fascinating. Seeing those bursts of color and chasing colorful leaves rushing down the gutter on the side of the road was so much fun. Walkways might be nearly painted in gold leaves after a storm, creating a gorgeous and magical pathway. Sort of like the yellow brick road in The Wizard of Oz. It was a time of pure magic and excitement as the days ticked down to Halloween and the promise of all that candy. As an adult, I mostly just appreciate the colors. I'm far too old to go door-to-door begging for candy now, or at least that's what I'm rather sure my neighbors would believe were I to try. But I can't possibly forget the feeling I had back then while seeing that patchwork path of glowing leaves after a fresh rain. So, as I'm trapped indoors waiting for the rain to end, I'm thrilled to be just like Dorothy after the cyclone finally drops her house. Walking outside again, it's like walking into a dream of glorious color and beauty, and it's always worth the wait. It strikes me that there's something wonderful to learn in this experience. A gloomy day is only gloomy after all if I choose to approach it that way. But if instead of wishing for the sun, I take stock of the gift that the lack of sun has given me, everything changes. That bit of gloom starts to glisten, and I take that moment to remember the thrill I once felt when seeing a trail of colorful leaves. It seems almost silly, but something as simple as this always touches my soul. I feel a warmth and a glow of hope and positivity. And I hope that by showing up to share a little doodle wash and these thoughts each day, I can be that for whoever might be listening. A gentle reminder of all that's good in this world and all of the color that shines no matter what the day might bring. And I hope to inspire you to do the same. Share what you make and believe through whatever art you choose to create. Together, we can craft a patchwork of art and ideas that spread across the planet, bursting in emotion and beautifully rich color, like autumn leaves on a rainy day. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.